0: The New Orleans Pelicans get the 14th pick in the NBA draft and a division rival gets Victor Wembinyama. Was this a good night, a bad night? What will the Pelicans do with the pick? Trade it? Keep it? We'll talk about it in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans, a live episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go! You are Locked On Pelicans Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nolajake on Twitter. Here with y'all, it's Tuesday evening, live show. Reacting immediately, instant reaction to the NBA draft lottery, the Pelicans picking 14th, the San Antonio Spurs jumping up, getting the number one overall pick. What's it mean for the Pelicans? What are they going to do with the pick? And do the San Antonio Spurs getting the first overall pick and Victor Wembinyama kind of change what maybe they're going to do? And I think it could. So this has big impacts on the offseason for New Orleans. And of course, thank you for making... Locked on Pelicans, your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all. No one else comes to you like this, including live shows. Again, as long as the internet holds up. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to support the channel, comment down below on YouTube. Ask me a question here live. I see all 'all. y'all. It shows up. I see people saying trade that pick. Draft Jordan Hawkins or trade up. Everyone wants all sorts of different things. We're going to talk about it. I'll take your questions here. Put them in the chat. Don't spam the chat, please. I'll be able to see them all. And we'll go for about 25, 30 minutes here. I'm going to be a little bit rusty on a live show. I haven't done one of these in a while, but hey. We're here. We're gonna have a lot of fun with it today. So I am looking forward to all of this. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com/slash/lockedonnba, and when you enter promo code Locked On NBA, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. So the pick, 14th overall. Let's just take a look at that by itself before we go into anything else. Trading up, trading down and what it means with the San Antonio Spurs, was what we were expecting. New Orleans had a 1-200 in 200 chance of getting into the top spot, and they had a 5-200 chance of going into the top four. It wasn't expected. 14 is still a little bit disappointing, but I'll tell you this. This opens up a range of options, I think, for the New Orleans Pelicans, and while they would have liked to have gone up, you're still having a pick in what's considered a fairly deep and good draft. This is a spot where I think there's going to be a lot of value in. I think you kind of look at maybe four guys in this draft, Victor Wimbenyama, Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller, Amen Thompson, I think are the top four guys that you really like. It gets a little weird, maybe from six to 10, 6 to 12, somewhere in that range. And then after that, I think there's a lot of value and good depth to be had from around 10, 12 through 20. So the Pelicans are in a very good spot, I think, to get a player at the right kind of spot that you want to get them at. And there's something to be said for that. Again, as I said, don't spam the chat. I see the trade JV in there. We'll talk about that. That's going to come into all of this, but everyone be cool out there. So This is, I think, a good position for the Pelicans to be in. They could go best player available. They could draft for need, which isn't always what you want to do in the NBA draft. But there's a couple of guys, whether it's Jordan Hawkins from UConn, you could look at Um, A guy like Leonard Miller out of the G League who had incredible numbers. Jet Howard is there from Michigan too. I think those are going to be players that the Pelicans really might be looking at. Maybe Grady Dick out of Kansas, one of the better shooters it looks like in this draft. We'll talk about trades in the next segment. And I do think that's an area that they're going to look to improve on. Even if I don't love any of the centers out there, but I think this kind of really does factor in things. When you look at this, okay, Pelicans got 14th overall pick. How does the rest of it go for them? Was this good? Was this bad? This wasn't ideal overall. You did not want to see Dallas jump up into the top four. You did not want to see Dallas trying to kind of still build around Luka Doncic and maybe or maybe not Kyrie Irving get the number one overall pick or even a top four pick here. I would have liked Dallas to have lost their pick and moved down a little bit, but that didn't end up happening. But them being at 10, at least it's better than it could have been. Utah, a team that wants to rebuild and get into the playoffs very soon. If they had gotten Victor Wimbenyama to pair alongside Larry Markin and Walker Kessler, I think they would have loved something like that, and I'm glad that that didn't happen either. But then you look at Houston, Portland, and San Antonio getting three of the top four picks. All in the Western Conference, two of those in the same division as the Pelicans. And now the Pelicans have to play against Victor Wembinyama four times every single year. Not an ideal situation. We'll get into that in the third segment of today's show. Because I do think that changes the calculus and maybe impacts what the Pelicans are going to do a little bit. Portland is an interesting one. They're going to look to trade that third pick. They're going to look to trade trade that and maybe Anthony Simons for... Mikael Bridges, for Joel Embiid, you need to include way more with that, or someone from Toronto and get right back into it. So them jumping up, not ideal either, because now that's another team that's going to look to be competing for the playoffs next season, and it just adds more competition for New Orleans. So yeah, I really wanted to see Dallas not move up. This, I don't think, went too well for the Pelicans at all. I don't think this was an ideal situation, even remotely. I'm glad Houston didn't end up with like the second pick or something like that. But I don't think this was great the way it all shook out for New Orleans. We wanted to see Eastern Conference teams in there. So, yeah. Uh, Joshua says the NBA screwed the Pelicans over. I mean, maybe. You know, it seemed like this was just karma and how it was going to go for the San Antonio Spurs even though this year they tanked the heck out of the season that is not what you really want to see rewarded but it just feels like this was right and what it should have been given everything so maybe the Pel you know the the NBA screwed the Pelicans over but really who screwed the Pelicans over was themselves it was themselves because they could have made the postseason all you had to do was beat the Golden, uh, the Golden State Warriors. All you had to do was beat the Oklahoma City Thunder, and then you probably would have beaten the Minnesota Timberwolves as well. Didn't take care of business. They kind of screwed themselves, and I think that's the disappointing thing from this. And now you end up with the 14th pick, which I do think is fine in this draft, but not an ideal situation. What it does do for the Pelicans, though, is open up a big range of options, a big range of options. You could do anything with this. You could keep the pick, you could draft a player. By doing that, you could try and trade up if there's someone you really like, you could try and trade down if there's no one you like at that spot, or you could trade it for someone out there in the NBA. And I think that's a direction that, you know, the Pelicans really might look at with this. They have This kind of just opens things up for them in a way that it really didn't before. Brian uh, Wenzel says, the draft is hit or miss. Yeah, but the Pelicans, I think, outside of Jackson Hayes and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, the same draft as Zion Williamson, have drafted pretty well. You nailed it with Trey Murphy. You've got Herb Jones in the second round. Dyson Daniels showed a lot of flashes. And I think, overall, they're in a very good spot to pick a guy with that too. So there's still talent to be had there and guys that I think fit this team and what you are looking to do. You also have EJ Liddell, who you drafted in the second round. Um, Tedra Covington mentions his name there and that's very correct too. That's a guy that plays bigger than he is. So I think their drafting has been pretty good. So while the draft is hit or miss, yeah, you still want to hit on those and the way you hit on those is by making picks and developing those guys and the Pelicans have done a very good job of that. So let's get into some of the scenarios with the Pelicans coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let me know in the comments on YouTube here. Do you want to see the Pelicans trade up, trade down, take a player or uh, trade it? for a veteran and if you have a name throw them out there and we'll look at some of the names that you're putting out there as trade targets let's call them for the pelicans so that's coming up here next in today's episode of locked on pelicans before we get to that though today's episode of locked on pelicans is brought to you by bird dogs and birddogs.com shorts pants awesome clothes i'm actually wearing a pair of the shorts right now and they are super comfortable. The stretchy fabric just fits me perfectly. Makes my legs look awesome right now. Was out for a walk. They're breathable. It's hot in New Orleans. I could wear these while going out for a walk. I could wear them on the golf course where I will be wearing them. I'd wear them to a date if I really wanted to. Or just hanging out with friends. That's why these are all great for everything. And I love these. I'm going to be ordering a ton more of them. I want to get a couple pairs of pants for the golf course too. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. And when you enter promo code locked on NBA, they'll throw a free custom bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler with every order. I have one keeps my drinks cold. These, I really dig these. The styles are good. They have the linings in there too, which means everything's where it needs to be. All of that, these are great. Go to BirdDogs.com slash LockedOnNBA to get the free Yeti-style tumbler with your next order. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. The 14th overall pick. And we're going to be breaking it down for the next couple of weeks. We're going to be looking at players they could draft, trade targets. We'll go more in depth with everything. We'll look at trading up, trading down, all of that. So if you never want to miss an episode, make sure you become an everyday best place, best way to support the channel. Listen Monday through Friday. And today, we're doing a live show. We'll be doing more of these over the summer too. Internet, stable, thank you. Finally, I was a little bit nervous about that. Today. So, give me your questions here in the chat on YouTube. And of course, subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So, I said the Pelicans could do anything with this trade up, trade down, draft a player, trade it for an established NBA veteran. I'm going to rule one out right now. I don't think they trade up. That has just not been how this team operates. And I think that the team trusts their scouting and their ability to find guys later in the draft and kind of realize Trey Murphy's a good example of this right they had the 10th overall pick and they traded back to 17 they wanted to take Trey Murphy at 10 they knew they couldn't that was too high and they knew they could trade back and still get him I think they're gonna find another guy like this that they go okay we could trade back for if we needed to or just draft him at 14 and we're gonna be fine their mo is not trade up it's trade down. It's also what they did in the Zion Williamson draft too, trading back from four to eight and 17, where they took Jackson Hayes and Nikhil Alexander Walker while also dumping Solomon Hill's contract. So I think that's the direction, if anything, the Pelicans would go. We'll look at a trade up. You're not going to get to number one overall. I doubt you get to two or three. And four, I think, Eamon Thompson is going to skyrocket up draft boards if he's not already there, and he's probably the fourth you know, pick overall anyway. I think some people even have him at two or three. So I don't think you're going to get into the top four. And at that point, unless there's someone you really, really love, I don't know if you need to trade above 14. One of the things we'll look at in the next segment is San Antonio getting Victor Wimbanyama. Do you need to get a player That deals with that. If you know you're going to face him four times this season, do you need to draft a guy and have that for those matchups? I'll give you my answer on that in the next segment. So let's rule out trading up. And there's no center in that range that you would really trade up to get either that can kind of handle that sort of job, that sort of duty. So you're looking at trading down. And I think that's something that could be on the Pelicans' radar, to be honest. If you could package the 14th pick, Najee Marshall, move, get an established NBA player, would you do it? Maybe. I don't think they see Najee Marshall as a long-term piece, so I wouldn't be shocked if they try and trade him. And I think some of the names that I've seen here in the chat are names that they're really going to look at. A guy like Miles Turner, I think, is definitely going to be on their list. If you've been in every day or of lockdown Pelicans, you know, even the past month or two, you know, I've said, and I've said this kind of all season long, I don't really see them keeping Jonas Valanciunas around long term. That just hasn't been something I think makes a lot of sense. Guy's making 15 plus million dollars. You don't close games with him. That's kind of a problem. So you, if you're going to pay that kind of money to someone, get a, get a guy you're going to play and you know use in games and if it's not a guy like Valanciunas get a guy like Miles Turner who I think would be attainable you know i see jake warren good first name there miles turner would be really nice but they just extended him so that's not going to happen i think they extended him just to let him walk not let him walk for anything he was making 30 plus million he's making 17 and a half million dollars or somewhere in that range right now his contract became very reasonable that wasn't like an overpay on an extension or anything so i think he's very tradable for them. I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's as good as some people think he is. His rebounding is not great and the three-point shooting isn't as good as people want to make it out to be and I think it's somewhat comparable to Jonas Valančiūnas. The rim protection's fine. He does not give you live ball blocks that turn into fast breaks. I think that's kind of the biggest problem. Um Lucifix says, What about Carl Anthony Towns? I don't think you're going to get Towns for 14 and like Salary in Jonas Valanciunas. I think you'd need to include another first round pick at least. And I don't think Minnesota is going to look to really trade him, even though I don't know what that team is ever really going to be. So I think that's kind of where they are. I see a couple people talking about Jackson Hayes. I don't think he has much of a future on this team unless they sign him on a, a cheap and not his qualifying offer one-year deal. So I would not be shocked if they renounce his rights and make him an unrestricted free agent. That could be a thing. And no, Jax could not put Victor Wembinyama in cuffs if he wanted to. If he could do that, he would be playing a whole lot. Matt Harrison says Clint Capella would be, you'd trade the pick for him. I'm sure Atlanta would actually do that. The problem with Capella is he's just not enough of an offensive threat in terms of three-point shooting. And I think that's, an issue. There's only so many type of bigs you can put out there that if they're not giving you shooting are a problem because you do need more shooting, more spacing, and not clogging the paint for guys like Zion, Brandon Ingram, and CJ McCollum, and that has been a problem in the past. And no, Boogie Cousins, Black Order, is not going to be the answer either. So when you're looking at this, I don't know if there's a ton of trade targets out there that make sense for the 14th pick in a pretty good draft. And you're not going to trade the pick plus Najee Marshall for a higher pick. Like no one's going to do that. So I don't think moving up is an option. And the way I'm going to look at this is they're probably going to draft someone at 14. I think that's going to end up being what they do. And there's a couple of reasons for this too. And we'll start to get into the Spurs and Victor Wimbanyama coming up here in the next segment. Um, you know, when you look at the way this team is operating, and I've said this, right? I was the guy at the NBA trade deadline who said they're not going to make a move because they're worried about the future luxury tax concerns. They're worried about money. And what did they do? They did a salary dump move. And I don't know if Josh Richardson's going to be back either next season because of that. They're worried about not the luxury tax and trying to avoid it and trying to not pay it. And this team is only going to keep getting expensive and expensive and expensive herb jones is up for an extension in a year trey murphy is going to be up for an extension too and trey murphy is going to get the bag y'all herb is going to get a number that surprises you 60 to 70 million dollars on a four-year five-year deal her um trey murphy is going to get a max deal i'm i feel very certain of that that trey murphy will get a max deal from the pelicans or someone out there so this team gets expensive so what do you need? And that what that means is they're going to have to make trades that dump salary assuming they're not going to pay the luxury tax. And they're one of two teams in NBA history that have never paid the luxury tax. You're seeing the realities of being in a small market like you don't see elsewhere. D says you can't go far without paying the tax. That's true. But they've given us no indication that they're going to do it. And the move they made at the trade deadline kind of gave us the indication that they're definitely not going to do it so that becomes the problem they don't have cap space to sign people they don't have even really many exceptions to sign people they have about five million dollars maybe a little bit more they could spend in free agency they're not in a great spot when it comes to the salary cap so what they're likely going to do is draft someone they think can be a future starter and you have insurance for when you got to move off of cj or potentially And another year or two when we have this conversation, we don't need to do it just yet. Do you look at trading Brandon Ingram because of salary cap concerns? It's an unfortunate conversation to have, but one we're going to. You need to have those guys and their replacement. Trey Murphy is going to be the replacement for a starter one day. So you have that. They hope the same for Dyson Daniels too. You can get someone at 14 that you think could fit that. You know, I think that could be an option. You know whether again that is a Jordan Hawkins, a Grady Dick, a Jet Howard, right? There's a couple names. Leonard Miller is a guy that I think I'm going to end up really, really liking as I watch him more and more and more. I've seen I've seen a couple of y'all ask about a center, and is there a center they could draft at 14? And is there someone there that makes sense, given that the San Antonio Spurs just got Victor Wembanyama? That is. An interesting question, and I want to talk about that coming up here next, and we'll answer more of your questions. So if you've got questions, put them in the comments here on YouTube, and we'll answer a couple of those coming up next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day, we're here Monday through Friday. No one else comes to you like this live, and we're going to be doing more live shows where I get to interact with y'all. This is fun. I love it. I love seeing the questions. I'll read some of these out to and some of the comments. So if you want to support the channel, no one else comes to you like this, right? Are there hot takes or anything that I throw out here? No, just Pelicans insight. If you want more about jerseys and info, I gave that all in yesterday's show, and no one else. No one else has those, because I think I'm the only person that's really seen the jerseys. So go give that show a watch. Become an everydayer. Support the channel. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Other thing you could do, totally free, takes a second. Comment down below on YouTube. So, the San Antonio Spurs division rival, getting Victor Wimbinyama. Gonna have to deal with that, right? So you gotta draft a guy for that. You gotta trade for a guy that can handle that. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. You play 82 games. 82 games is this season. How many times are they going to see Victor Wembanyama in a given year? In the regular season? It's four. It's just four times. You don't build your roster about facing a guy for just four games. Even if the San Antonio Spurs swept the team every single year for the next 10 years, you could still go 78 and four you don't build your team around playing one player and so i don't think you need to like have a guy on the roster that is like the victor wimbenyama neutralizer the other thing is i don't think there's a victor wimbenyama like pure defender out there that's something to also keep in mind like this dude watching this guy He's a special player. He's a special player. There's a reason he's the most hyped guy coming into the league since Zion, since Anthony Davis, since LeBron James. So you don't build your team around playing a guy four times. If you want to upgrade from Valanchunas, that's a separate conversation from Victor Wimbanyama. You do that because, well you just don't want Valanchunas there because he doesn't defend on the perimeter well, because he's not a shot blocking big, though I do think his defense is underrated and they don't use him in ways that they should. So what's the point of paying that guy? The reason you move on from Valanchunas is if you're not going to play him in crunch time and close games, why are you paying him $15.5 million? There's no need to do that. That money is better invested elsewhere. That's why I've said maybe they go a cheap route at center. Maybe you bring in a guy like Mason Plumlee for like $5 million, And when you look at this draft, there isn't like a ton of guys that you really, really love. You have Derek Lively out of Duke, good size, you know, I think that he does some things particularly well, but he's not an amazing rebounder. He's a shot blocker, but is he going to be able to neutralize a guy like Victor Wimbanyama on the perimeter? No. And so I don't think you're looking to really draft a center there unless you just really fall in love with that. Guy And so, overall, I don't think you need to stress about it too much. Is Miles Turner going to do much on the perimeter against Victor Wimbanyama? No. You get Miles Turner if you just want him to be your center. What I think the team needs more than that is shooting and scoring. Either a point guard to kind of run the offense a little bit better at times. But here's the thing. When this team's healthy, Point Zion was very real. Point Brandon Ingram is also very real. And it also means when those two guys are healthy, CJ doesn't have the ball in his hands a lot. And that's been kind of the big problem. So I'd look to add more shooting, more of a shot creator, a guy that can kind of get his own with the bench over a point guard, over another center. And I still try and move away from Jonas Valanciunas. So that's where I think you're trying to look. Landon Strutt says, put just put Herb on Victor. I don't even know if that would work. And I did a whole show on Herb Jones being snubbed from the all-defensive team. I've seen a couple people here mention Jonathan Isaac, Wiggy Will. Someone else said that too. I don't know where where it was. Um, I, I don't love Jonathan Isaac. There's not enough offense there. I think that's what you need. You don't need another one-dimensional defender who's also dealt with tons of injury issues, and that's just no, like, like I'm, I'm good. I really want to kind of get away from, from all of that. Ramiko Barnes says the future is looking bleak, Jake. Like, it's not. It's not. This was a team that was first in the Western Conference. There's salary tax and luxury cap concerns that you've got to deal with, but you, you can deal with all of that. Like, you can deal with all of that. You can also kick that can down the road a little bit further, and you don't need to stress about it as much. So I don't think the future is bleak. Everything is fine if they're healthy, if they are healthy. It's the number one thing. You know, if you listen to the show with Howard Beck last Friday, all that matters is this team getting healthy. They can do that. If Zion and Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum can all play something like 60 games together, everything is going to be just fine. Fine. I see. Arozes Collins from Atlanta as a trade target. Like, yeah, you could go and get him if you want. He doesn't play center. His minutes at center aren't very good, and he doesn't rebound well. So I don't know if that's necessarily going to give you the type of guys that you want. So yeah, you know, I think so. <laughs> so yeah, I, I wouldn't stress too much when it comes to trades. That's why I think they're going to end up. Keeping the pick and drafting a guy, and it gives you, yeah. And um, Landon stress is also points on and Jose Alvarado, yeah, that's a part of it too. So, there's I think they're going to think long term with this, which is the way they've been thinking, which means draft a player. Brian Pearson says San Antonio Spurs have the number one overall pick, they hold the keys to the kingdom. That doesn't mean we're going to pick that get San Antonio's drafting Victor Wembanyama and that's not going to get traded. There's zero question about that for everyone blackwater says we need one shooter would love it's not just a one-dimensional shooter you need that player to do other things and i think that's the problem brian pearson also says they need to look at free agency for a couple players they don't have money to spend in free agency if you're curious about their salary cap situation i have a show on that this is why y'all need to become an everydayer of locked on pelicans i have a show specifically for that that breaks down everything you need to know with the salary cap Situation and what money they have to spend, and why I'm not really expecting a ton of big moves. They're going to tinker around the edges, and that's really about it. You know, Huggy Bear 504 says we have a top four team in the West. If, and if is all capitalized, we can stay healthy. Yeah, I I fully agree with that. Tedrick Covington says uh, Jonas Valanciunas doesn't fit in on defense, which is the whole problem. Yeah, that's why they don't close with him and why they close with Larry Nance Jr. The problem is he's then undersized and they deal with rebounding issues, defensive rebounding issues. That's kind of the problem here, and that's why they are still trying to kind of figure everything out, and that's why I think they're looking to upgrade from him. It's not that he's a bad player. It's just is the fit exactly there, and I don't know – that it is. I'm not even respond to the question about taco fall a road. That's a good question. How much longer is our window open? I'm going to turn that into a show. I actually really like that question. I don't. We'll, we'll, we'll stay on that one. Keep that one. That's a good one. Thank you for, for putting that in there. So, you know, and even with Jonas Valanciunas, not fitting in with the defense, they still had a top, their defense ranked six all year. The, the defense works. You could get away with having Jonas Valanciunas out there, but then if you're going to do that, you need to absolutely use him properly offensively and at times run the offense through him, and I think that's kind of the problem that they haven't done. So they just don't use him as well as they could. So there you go. Pelicans get the 14th pick. Not a great night overall for the Pelicans with the three of the top four teams being in the Western Conference. We're going to have a whole lot to talk about. Trading up, trading down, drafting players, trading the pick for other players too. We're going to break it all down over the next month or so. So please subscribe to Lockdown Pelicans wherever you get your podcast. ABJ 504, I see you. You're commenting every single day and I greatly, greatly appreciate it. So thank you all so much for watching on the live show here. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NOLAJake on Twitter. And I'll be back with y'all tomorrow. We're going to talk some draft stuff. It's going to be a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to it.